This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Have you heard really great things about what Pinterest can do for your pet business website, but when you've tried to go and get involved with it, you've just found yourself struggling and tearing your hair out and feeling overwhelmed? If the answer is yes, then you will love this episode with Tori Mystic, who is a Pinterest expert over in America. She is a blogger and an influencer, and she's helped lots of pet businesses use Pinterest to make sales and win clients. In this episode, she's talking about how to get started with Pinterest and makes it really simple for you. She talks about how Pinterest is the only social media platform that wants to send people to your website. So we do look at Pinterest as social media. It's actually more of a search engine. Tori will explain more of that in the episode. She talks about how it works, whether you're selling a product for pets or you're a service provider. Tori also explains how if you're already blogging, you can simply take a few more moments when you're sharing your posts on social media to create a pin and add it to Pinterest because Pinterest can drive such a huge amount of traffic to your blog for the sake of a few extra moments work. And she also talks about, this is the best bit, how she gains 10 times more traffic from Pinterest than Google. So it's packed with really helpful information. Tori is just so lovely and so helpful. Um, I've put all of the links to her in this episode so you can go and find out more information from her website as well but i do hope you found it helpful and that it will help you get started with pinterest if that is on your to-do list so now on to the main part of the show so hi tori thank you so much for joining me it's brilliant to have you on the podcast yeah thank you for having me it's so great to talk to you again Oh, thank you. So, Tori, I know we spoke, it's coming up to two years ago now, when I was talking about publicity on your podcast, and I'm really pleased to have you back to talk, well, have you on my podcast in the first place, to talk about Pinterest, because I see what you've got going on, and I was like, I want to do Pinterest, and you you are my girl to do it. So, can you tell people listening, many of my listeners are in the UK, a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. So um, my name is Tori. I have two chocolate labs named Bert and Lucy, and they're the inspiration behind everything that I do. My site is called Wear, Wag, Repeat, and I started it about eight years ago as just a hobby blog just to document my two favorite things, which are style and dogs. And so that's why it's called wear, wag, repeat. And uh, I quickly found out that it was a lot easier to get connected and make friends with the pet community than it was the fashion blogger community. So that's how I just kind of organically ended up falling into pet blogging. And here I am eight years later, I um, have grown my blog tremendously, have a podcast like you mentioned, teach online courses, have loads of followers online. Um, and it's just, it's been a really kind of great accidental career path. <laughs> Absolutely love it. And I, um, your story is quite similar to mine with um, I started a pet blog four years ago and that was because I've been in journalism I was writing stories about animals but they were I wasn't always able to give them as much space as I wanted to so I thought I'll set up, set up a pet blog and that evolved into a coaching business and where we are today doing the podcast so it's crazy isn't it how these dogs make us do these things and then the things that happen the opportunities that come from them it's just incredible isn't it yeah. I, well, I think it's the the pet people and the dog people. Like we just 
automatically have something in common and like get each other. And so it's just, it's been really great for me on my podcast. I interview women in the pet industry, but all different facets, so many different businesses. And just what's cool is like, we just, we're all coming from a place of loving dogs. And so we kind of just get each other before we've even spoken. <laughs> Definitely. I found the same thing when I, when I started the blog and I was hanging around in a different community on Facebook and other social media platforms, because I'd been in journalism for 20 years. And then I was in this lovely pet world pet business community and it was completely different I went from journalism that's really competitive and quite cutthroat sometimes into working you know being around completely different people who just we're talking about dogs all the time so it's just brilliant isn't it yeah I love it I, I business and dogs is all I talk about anymore <laughs> I know it's great isn't it and, and make a living from it so you can't grumble about that can you so we're here today to talk about Pinterest because you are a Pinterest expert and you've got programs on it and I um, I get Tori's emails and I kept seeing Pinterest popping up and I always, Pinterest is basically one of those things where you know, I know that I should be doing it. I do it a tiny bit for my blog, but I don't do it for my business side of things. And it's something that pops up every now and then in my Facebook group about Pinterest and people I feel, and I feel like I'm one of them, that people find it like quite overwhelming and yeah, and I would love for you, we're good, the podcast is going to be getting started with Pinterest and I would love for you to kind of demystify Pinterest. So can you, first of all, start with just giving like an idiot's guide to what Pinterest is all about? That would be what I think my listeners would love to hear. To yeah, begin with. absolutely. And I love how you, you mentioned that it's a bit overwhelming because I think with Pinterest and you know, all other social media, although I'll get to Pinterest is not really social media. It's really a search engine, but with, with Pinterest and all the different social medias, it can't, it can be so overwhelming as a user. When you go in and you look and there's just an endless stream of photos and content and captions, and you're like, oh my God, there's millions of things on here. Yeah, it's too much. Um, but when you're using it as a business, it's a little bit different. Um, and that's kind of how it is for everything, right? Um, so when you're using it as a user, you're, you're just looking and looking and looking. But as a business, you're the one creating the stuff. So you don't necessarily have to do all the looking and the browsing um, every day. So, so that would be kind of my first piece of advice is to don't get lost in the overwhelm of the Pinterest feed because it's never ending and it can be overwhelming. Instead, kind of focus on, on your goals and why you're there. And so um, just to give, like you said, the idiot's guide to kind of what Pinterest is, um, it's, it's really not a social network, although um, this year Pinterest is trying to get a little bit more social and kind of encourage people to, to create engagement on there, but ultimately Pinterest is really a search engine. So if you um, have ever tried to get discovered on Google or any other kind of search engine like Yahoo or anything like that, you know that it's all about the keywords. And so that's kind of the same thing on Pinterest. You know, we're creating these images and graphics, but really what's important is the titles and the descriptions and the keywords that you're using. And those will allow Pinterest users to find your content. And the greatest thing about Pinterest and why I'm always going on and on about it to everyone is that it's the only, and I'll call it a social network again, it's the only social network that actually wants to send traffic 
to you and your website. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they don't want you, they don't want their users to leave the app. LinkedIn, you know, they're going to definitely, you know, do everything they can to keep people in their app and discourage them from going to your site. But Pinterest is the complete opposite. Pinterest really wants to help their users learn how to do things, how to make things, plan trips, all that kind of stuff. And so the best way to do that is to send them to reputable websites that can help them. So Pinterest is really, they've really got your back and they want to help you get traffic to your site. So, so that's why I love it. Wow. Okay. So I'm already sold on Pinterest now. <laughs> so, um, so I'm listening to, I, I'm think I'm just trying to think about the way I use Pinterest and like at the moment I'm looking, I'm having one of those home offices built in the garden or I'm waiting for it to be built. So I've been going on Pinterest and looking at like lots of home office, office kinds of things and different, we've moved house. So we've been looking at different kind of wall, different color paints and bedrooms and floating shelves and that kind of thing. How can it, how can it work for um tell me how it works for a pet product and then i'd love to have a little bit of a chat about how it would work for a service provider but let's say if you're making a pet product like a you know a dog bed or a bandana set or something really specific like a jumper for terrier owners or something like that how would it work in that respect yeah so there are there are millions of pet lovers on pinterest already and they're already searching for you and what you do. So that's why you have to use the keywords so they can find you. Yeah. Um, but P- what Pinterest does, which is really cool, is they they share um, what's what are trending searches. And so last year in 2020, Pampered Pets was one of their top searches that people were looking for. Um, and so that was kind of like a category. So within Pampered Pets, there might be, you know, jumpers for terriers or luxury dog bed or a built-in dog water station in your home or you know any kind of luxury extra kind of feature for your pets um and that was really popular and then you know another thing that's always been hot on pinterest is any kind of diy or recipe or something like that Mm -hmm. so as a pet business if you're making products like that um you would have to kind of create content on your own website that then you're going to have pins that direct people to that. So for example, if you're selling um, bandanas for dogs, you could make some pins that are just beautiful product pins, um, maybe some lifestyle images, and they can direct people back to that exact product page. And, And users on Pinterest might search for, you know, a bandana for a certain holiday or a, a certain color or, or, or things like that. Just think of what your customers might be searching for. And I guarantee they're searching for it on Pinterest too. Um, and so once, once you find, once you create some of those pins, you can either direct people to the product page or, you know, we were talking before you hit record about blog posts. Um, and if you have a great blog post, that's like, um, you know, something about dog bandanas, or I have a really popular pin that's, uh, about how to hand wash your dog collar. You could maybe make a blog post of the best way to wash your dog bandanas or the best way to store your dog bandana collection. Um, you know, those, would be really cool blog posts that you could create pins, direct people to your website. And then once they're at your website, they can figure out how to purchase from you. 
Mm-hmm. So you, you just have to kind of think about what people might be searching for. And, um, and with products, you know, you have lots of options of, of directing people to the actual product page or to some other kind of content on your site. Okay, I'm actually talking about the bandanas and where to store them. One of one of my clients, uh, a lady called Kate, she's got so many bands. She runs a doggy dog friendly directory, and because of what she does, she has different products featured on there. She's got like thirty bandanas, and she's got them in no more. No, she has them in like a hamper, so like a you know like a big kind of wicker basket that you know folds down, and she stores all of her ham- all of her bandanas in there and. But you can have like little paws, little doggy wardrobes and all kinds of things, can't you? So you can have yes. some real fun with it, can't you? And again, um, it's, we, we, you know, when we talk about content marketing and we're talking about um, if I use like the lady who makes the terrier jumpers as an example, she might have a blog post on how to style your terrier jumper, which would work really, or, you know, or your dog slogan jumper. And that could work as a really good pin as well, I guess, couldn't it? Because people would be searching for that. Yeah, exactly. So you just, you kind of have to think about what people would be searching for and start there. Um, And and Pinterest has a really great tool. Um, If you, if you go to Pinterest and you, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you have a business account because you have a business. So you want to have a business account. Um, And if you tap on, I I think it's the analytics or the insights tab. um, And there's something called trends. And if you click on trends, you can type in any search term and see the trends over time of when people search for that. So for instance, you know, if you're searching for um, best dog friendly vacations, you might see, you might think everyone's searching for that in June and July and August, but Pinterest might tell you that they're really searching for it in February and March because they're planning ahead. So um, that it's just a really cool tool to kind of see what people are searching for and when they're searching for it. And that can really help you figure out what kind of pins and what kind of content you need to make. Okay. And with the searching as well, if you're searching for a particular keyword or topic, like if it was for me, it might be pet business press release. Can you literally go to the search and put in those key terms and find out when people are searching? Yeah. So that's the other thing is you could just put the keywords in the search bar right in Pinterest Mm -hmm. and it'll show you what other, what pins already exist about that. So I do that, you know, pretty often whenever I'm trying to create strategic (laughs) pins to go back to my blog posts, I'll go and search, um, the, the terms that I'm considering using. And maybe there's a couple different variations um, or different combinations of words. And I'll see, you know, which ones are pulling up content that I want to align myself with. I guess you could put it that way. Um, because as you know, sometimes you search for something and and the images that come up aren't what, they're not what you thought they would be. So yeah. I, on to like um, step aside from Pinterest for a second, I was on Instagram the other day talking about my dogs. They're both nine years old. And I did hashtag old dog, new tricks. And I clicked on it and it was just a bunch of people, like older people. (laughs) It wasn't really a lot of older dogs. Um, And so that's, you know, a really good example of you should, you know, search your keywords and make sure that the content that's coming up is what you think it is. Okay. No, that's really interesting. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I've done that with Instagram where I've been because I'm, I'm trying to work on my Instagram at the moment, but 
I then think, oh, this would be a good hashtag. And then I look at it and think, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to ask you as well, because a lot of people who listen and people who, are, who I work with are service providers. So how would it work with the service provider? So let's say I live in Newcastle and I want to find a dog walker. How would it work on Pinterest? So if we use the same kind of example where you've got a blog post where you're talking about a dog walker and being a dog walker in Newcastle, how do you then kind of get get that onto Pinterest in a relevant way or an appropriate way and then have Pinterest send people to you? How, how would it work as a service provider? So one of my students in my Pinterest course uh, has a dog walking business in Maryland here in the U.S., in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, she she does all kinds of things um, to, to promote her business, but ultimately it's a dog walking and, and dog sitting business. And so she's had great success on Pinterest by creating, she'll do a blog post that's like the best dog friendly beaches in Maryland or the best around Halloween, the best dog friendly pumpkin patches in Maryland or something like that. So that dog lovers in her geographic area find that and, and find her website. And maybe they're not looking for a dog walker right this second, but it's just about that brand awareness and the content marketing. And um, once they get to her website, maybe they'll join her email list or like her on um, social media, or follow her on social media. Um, and that's how she's kind of building up her business. And it's, you know, sometimes you don't want to be so direct and in people's mm -hmm. faces and say, hire me to walk your dog. Yeah. You kind of have to prove yourself a little bit and say, here, here's the best um, dog friendly coffee shops and the best dog friendly hikes. And I think that, you know, you just have to kind of think outside the box and be a little creative. So I was, I was just thinking about this this morning that um, if you were a local dog or pet service business, um, you could kind of, cause I'm, it's summertime and I want to go on vacation. So I'm thinking about where I would go on vacation. Um, so maybe think about where the people where you live, where they might take their dog on vacation and you could create content around that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you think that the town that you live in, there's not a whole lot to blog about, <laughs> you can kind of think about, you know, where your customers, where else they go or where your potential customers, um, might go with their pet or what they might be searching for, but you can make it, you know, geographically specific because, you know, as a local business, having someone who lives hours away from you, finding you is not super helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so you can make it location specific. Yeah, I completely agree. So I'm saying I agree, not from the Pinterest side of things, but from the content marketing side of things. So with my, uh, with my local service providers, I try to encourage them to create a lot of content around things to do in the place where they live. So dog walks yes. in Newcastle or best dog friendly pubs or cafes in Newcastle and so on. And lots of, you know, a dog owner's guide to Newcastle where you're talking about the pet shops and that kind of thing. So then as you say, you have to do that. We have to work really hard now to build, to get people to trust us. But if you become an authority via your content in your area, and also because most dog walkers aren't doing this, that I generally find, then that's going to work really well for you. So. I guess the Pinterest, Pinterest will work in the same way as Google will, won't it? And exactly. People can discover you that way. And then yeah, exactly. you start the relationship from there. Because people people aren't hiring a dog walker because they don't know where to walk their dog. So you could you mm -hmm. could tell them about all the fabulous dog walks and everything. 
that's not going to take business away from you. People are hiring a dog walker because they don't have time, you know, or they're busy or something like that. So, you know, telling them about all the great walks isn't going to hurt you at all. It's just going to make you seem more knowledgeable in their eyes. Yeah, exactly. And and it's particularly if you, if let's say if you've already got clients dog walking in Newcastle and you, you just want content to share on your own social media or in your emails, that's just really helpful content for the people who, people who are using your service to consume, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So with Pinterest, how do people, can you talk me through, again, I do use Pinterest, but I do, I did want to do an idiot's guide and you will be able to explain things much better than I ever could. So how do people interact with Pinterest? So from a user perspective, you go on Pinterest and you can browse, you have a home feed, like on any any app that you would. So you have a home feed you can browse around um, or you can search for things. And so if you're searching for a particular project, like maybe, you know, I want to make my dog a birthday cake. So I'm going to search dog birthday cake and a whole bunch of different pins will pop up and some of them will be, you know, with chicken. And I'll say, well, I don't want my dog can't have chicken. And some might have, um, you know, some other ingredient that I don't like, or one might seem like too much work. (laughs) And then I find the perfect one and I tap on it and I can maybe go to the the website that shares the recipe, but I'm actually planning this dog birthday party for like three months from now. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going to make the recipe right this second. So I pin it and save it for later. Um, so I'll, I'll, tap on the pin and it'll give me the option to save it to one of my boards. And so everyone on Pinterest has these boards. They're like inspiration boards where you can save everything. So you could save, you could have a board just dedicated to your dog's birthday party where you save the cake recipe, maybe party favor ideas, decor ideas, you know, unique photos that you really like that you want to try and capture that day. You could save all this stuff to the dog birthday party board um, and then go back and, and reference it later. So, um, you know, and anyone who's on Pinterest can go and look at your boards too. So unless it's, you, you can set them to private if you want to, but that let's just not make it complicated and pretend yeah. that doesn't exist for right now. So anyone on Pinterest can go and, and look at your boards and kind of see what you're pinning and what you're mm-hmm. excited to do or make or see or travel to. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's, that's how it works basically. Um, and so the, the more that your pins get pinned and saved to boards, the more Pinterest will see you as an authority on that topic and, um, it will help you get more traffic to your website. Okay. So I'm thinking about it from a service provider, service provider point of view. I think I, I understand it from a product point of view. That's I get that. So from a service provider point of view, I wanted to ask you, if I was a dog walker in Newcastle, if I did a board on dog friendly Newcastle and I put on loads of different blog posts and loads of different pins, that would make me an authority on dog friendly Newcastle. Well, so that would, that would, you know, you would have your pins on your board, on your account, but you want to make sure that other people are able to find them and pin yeah. them and share them as well. So that's, that's where the keywords come into place. And yeah. this is the most important thing about Pinterest. Um, you know, you can't just share a photo and, and just put it out there. <laughs> you really ideally should be creating a graphic that has some kind mm-hmm. of text on it because a lot of times people will just see this graphic 
So you'd want to create, take a picture and then, you know, use Canva or something like that to put in some text that says, you know, the best dog friendly pubs in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. And then what you would want to do is also put in a title for that, that has all those great keywords, you know, dog friendly pubs and restaurants in Newcastle, England, you know, um, and put in all your keywords and then you would have a description and you want to make sure that that description is written. You know, if it's linking back to a blog post, what I usually do is I'll go and copy, you know, the, the first paragraph or sometimes the last paragraph of that blog post and use that as my pin description, because I've already put so much work into putting the keywords and writing it in the blog post, you might as well repurpose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of Pinterest users don't see that description and they might not even see the title, but the algorithm and the robots behind the scenes at Pinterest, they are reading it all. And that's how they determine to, so, to show your content to people who are searching for it. Um, you know, and, and something else that is important to Pinterest, especially in the last couple of months as they've revamped some things is that, and this is another reason why I love Pinterest is they really prioritize positive content. So if, if you see something that's like, um, you know, don't feed your dog these five poisonous ingredients or something like Mm -hmm. that. Pinterest, you know, they, in their algorithm, they can kind of read for negativity and, and bad words and things like that. So instead, you know, you'd want to kind of frame it as something more positive, like keep your dog safe and healthy, you know, by avoiding these dangerous ingredients or something. Instead of like using fear, you kind of Mm -hmm. want to just spin it as more positive. Um, So that's something to just kind of keep in mind with your pins as well. That's really good to hear because I have, I've got a bit of a thing. I was talking to someone about it the other day where I feel like whenever I look, wherever I look, sometimes in email, sometimes on social media, I'm constantly being told what I'm doing wrong. Like seven mistakes you're making on Instagram or why you're rubbish at this. And actually, yeah, I'm, I try and keep things positive generally. So it's really good to see um, see that shift because we've got enough to do, haven't we, as small business owners? We don't need to be told that what we are managing to do is wrong or, okay, I know it's educational content. You know where I'm coming from, don't you? But sometimes it's like, oh God, just give it a rest. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of marketers use that kind of language because it's it has been shown to be effective. Mm-hmm. I've, read, I've read the studies and seen it, but, but I think that as humans and, you know, and as compassionate pet owners, we can take control of that. We don't have to use that kind of fearful language, even though like maybe the studies say, yes, it gets clicked on and people respond to it. Um, and, you know, fear is a motivator. Um, I think especially as dog people, you know, with all of the positive reinforcement training and everything that speak that we've kind of learned about in the last several years, we have more of a responsibility to kind of share positive information with people. Oh my gosh, honestly, that is so that is so true. I talk about this quite a lot, but oh, that, that you've just totally hit the nail on the head. As pet professionals, when we're talking, I'm not a pet professional, obviously, I'm a I'm a writer, but. And um, yeah, it's so true. Like when we're talking about, po- it's all about positive reinforcement for pets. So why are we sharing like negative, you are doing this wrong content with our audience? It's such a good point, Tori. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, my dogs inspire everything. So that's just one other thing they've yeah. inspired me about. 
Oh, I absolutely love it. Next time somebody's next time I'm talking about that topic, I will definitely be talking about you because it's such a great point. So tell me, um, tell me a little bit about how it works for blogs and driving traffic to your website. Yeah, so um what you have to do is if you're creating a new blog post, um, hopefully you've done some research about, you know, what kind of keywords and, and topics and things you're going to talk about. And you've written a really fantastic blog post. So you want people to then go to it. So how, how are we going to do that? Um, what I do is I go to Canva mm -hmm. and I use that to create my pins. I have already created tons of templates in there. So really I just have to go in and take whatever new photos I have for this new blog post and put them in there and change out the text and, you know, change things around a little bit, yeah. but it just saves a ton of time to have these pre-made templates. And Canva has tons of templates that already exist in there, or you can make your own, um, within the app. Yeah. Um, and, and they'll tell you the right dimensions and all that kind of stuff. So then from there, <laughs> you would take your pins and I recommend that you create more than one for each blog post because, um, because you can basically, so you can't, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, I guess, you know, that one pin might not do very well, but if you create eight different pins for that blog post, there might be one or two of them that kind of outperforms the others just because of how you put the text. It was more eye-catching, whatever keywords you use, it just kind of aligned really well. So I always make like about eight different Pinterest graphics for each blog post, which sounds like a lot, but once you have kind of have the templates figured out, you just kind of plug and play and it's, it's not too much work. Um, then I go in and I actually use Tailwind to schedule out my pins, but you can do this manually. I, I just have gotten into the groove of using Tailwind um, and I just really like how I can stagger out my pins and schedule them to go out. You know, usually I'll do one, a, one new pin per day. Yeah. So when I make those eight pins, I'll schedule one for today, one for tomorrow, one for the next day so that they're kind of being staggered out. And they're not all going out at one time. And that keeps my account fresh. It keeps it relevant and it keeps, um, it keeps it so that I'm constantly adding fresh pins to my account. Um, that's something that Pinterest has prioritized in the last like six months or so is fresh pins, um, are, are really important to the success of your account. So, yeah. so that's why I kind of schedule one per day. Okay. So if you had a blog, if you had a blog post and you might what I've done when I've done when I've tried to do Pinterest is I put one pin at the bottom of the blog post and then I pin it to Pinterest. Can you create a pin, but you don't have to have the, the pin graphic on your blog post? You can link the blog to the pin graphic. Yeah, so you can yeah. do you can do a couple of different ways. Um, there's a little bit of HTML code that I use to hide the oh, yeah. extra images on my blog, but if that's scary to you, then you can skip that. Um, and you can either just go straight to Pinterest and say, add a new pin. Um, there's a little plus in the corner that you can just add a new pin and you can upload from your computer and you can put in the URL that way um, mm -hmm. and, and type in the title and the description. Don't forget to do that. Um, but so you can add new pins just by uploading them from your computer right in Pinterest. And you can also do it right in Tailwind. Um, so you don't have to put all eight of these at the end of your blog post. And I actually wouldn't recommend that you do because yeah. it would get very, very long. Um, but, but that's, that's a great way 
to kind of keep keep the fresh pins going. That's that's what we're like focusing on now with Pinterest is fresh pins. Okay. And would you say there is like an ideal process or optimum process or routine that you can have with Pinterest when it comes to, so if you like, let's say if you have a weekly blog post, what would your kind of Pinterest routine be? Yeah. So um, if, if you're doing a weekly blog post, that is going to give you plenty of content to share on Pinterest. It's, it's plenty. Um, so don't feel that you have to create a whole bunch of new content. Um, and if you've been blogging for a while, don't forget that you've got this whole archive of older posts that you can create fresh pins for. Just because the blog post is older doesn't mean you can't create a fresh new pin for it. Um, so what I would recommend each week, if you're doing a new blog post, is to create those you know, five to eight pin graphics in Canva schedule them to stagger out one a day. And if you have more time, uh, I would go back and find something from your archive in your blog and create some new pins for that and schedule those to go out, you know, one a day too. You can, you can pin more than once a day. Um, you can, you can pin pretty much an unlimited amount. So you can kind of just add those into your schedule. Uh, and then something that I teach in my course is to look at your insights and your analytics for Pinterest yeah. and see what pins of yours are performing well, which ones are getting engagement, which ones are getting clicks, and then go create new graphics for that content as well. Yeah. Um, because if it's, if it's already doing well, like don't, we don't have to go against the grain, you know, find what's already working and do more of that. Um, so, you know, there, there's, pl there's plenty of stuff to create pins about. <laughs> if you go and just look through your insights, um, create stuff for your, for your new blog posts or your new product pages or whatever you have. And then don't forget about your archive as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've talked loads about how Pinterest works and an easy way to do it. So um, so I was thinking, like, again, we'll, we'll be, I imagine you've got a really similar pro process. When we do a blog post or a podcast, because you've got your, your blog post that goes with your podcast, haven't you? You would then create a series of social media graphics. And you might do a Facebook post, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else you use. So ideally, you would, if you decided to go and start working, start using Pinterest, you would just factor in Pinterest when you're creating all your graphics, wouldn't you? And then as you're scheduling on your other platforms or posting, then you would just add Pinterest. So it's an easy way, I guess, to get into the stride. It's just adding a little bit extra, but you then go and look at your analytics and look at the results and then you can configure it all out, can't you? And I guess if you see the results from it, then that compels you, that spurs you on, doesn't it? So can you tell me about some of the results that you've seen from Pinterest? Because I know these are going to be like mind blowing because I kind of see them on your social media and think, Oh, can't wait to talk to Tori. Tell us about some of the results that you've had. Well, I'm I'm going to pull up my Instagram right now because I just okay. I shared something recently uh, about the traffic that I've gotten from Pinterest. So, in general, my traffic grew. My overall website traffic grew 300 percent in about a year um, from having a more strategic approach to my Pinterest account. Um, but what I think is is the most kind of compelling <laughs> data to look at is how much traffic I'm getting from Pinterest versus other social networks. Because 
I think that everyone thinks that they have to do Instagram. They have to do Facebook. Oh my God, my business is just going to die if I don't do Instagram. Um, But I went and looked at my Google analytics to see exactly how many visitors I'm getting to my website from all these different social networks. So I ran um, this information. This was just from six months. So this was from November of 2020 until April of 2021. So kind of the last six months, give or take. And from Instagram, my website got about 400 visitors. From Facebook, I got more. I got about 1,000 visitors. And then Google, which, you know, you're always trying, I'm always trying to get more organic search traffic and, and, and rank on Google and all of this stuff. I got almost 5,000 visits from Google. So that was really, really great. And so you're like, oh, this is, this is great, Tori. But wait until you hear how much traffic I got from Pinterest. In that six months, I got 48,000 visitors from Pinterest. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was mind blowing to me. (laughs) I was like, I know that Pinterest is my top traffic source because I look at my numbers every month, but to look at them side by side like this, and I made a little chart and put it on my Instagram um, and and Instagram probably (laughs) saw that and didn't like it, but, um, (laughs) but I I just think it's so compelling to people. Um, And, you know, I, I think especially for people like I, I get frustrated by trying to show up on Google and why am I not getting more traffic from Google, but, but I'm getting so much traffic from Pinterest. So what if, instead of being frustrated by Google and, and trying to, you know, push the boulder up the hill every single day, what if instead I just put more effort into Pinterest and, you know, continue to get more, can continue to build my traffic from Pinterest? Um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it just makes, it makes more sense and it's easier to just kind of like go with what's already working yeah I, I can, those those figures are, are you know mind-blowing aren't they so Pinterest is nearly 10 times as much as Google which is wow and you know that's I'm not very good at math 50 times as much as Facebook <laughs> and 100 times more than 100 times as much as Instagram um so yeah it is like wow the other thing that I know people will be thinking is Yes, that's all very well and good, but do you, do you see, and, and I know as well, it's like, you know, people finding you on Google, isn't, isn't it? You can't track ROI from people finding you on Google, but you know that they've found you and you can build that relationship and, and all of those things. Yeah. I guess with you, because you've got your programs now and you've got a membership, do you do any kind of, um, any kind of tracking or do you research your clients and ask where they found you in the first place? What kind of results do you you hear from them? Yeah, I, I do ask people where they find me. And a lot of people um, find me through Pinterest. Um, yeah. And a lot of people find me through my podcast too. But for the, for the people who have product businesses, if you have a Shopify site, it will tell you in your analytics if a yeah. sale came from Pinterest. And you can actually connect your Shopify catalog with Pinterest. So you can actually see exactly how many sales are coming from Pinterest. And I have, um, I just have a very small online shop with a few things in it, but I can see that, you know, sales are coming from Pinterest. Um, And you can set up, if you're really good at Google Analytics, which 
I'm good at it, but I'm not really good at it. <laughs> there are ways to set up conversion tracking. <laughs> so you could actually, if you know what you're doing in Google Analytics, you could set it up to see really how many people are signing up for your email list or or signing up for your services or buying a product when they're finding you through Pinterest. So mm -hmm. you you could figure that out and track it. Or like you said, you can just do in, informal polling and just kind of ask people or, or send out a little survey or something like that. Yeah, that, I think that's really helpful because then again, with any social network or any any kind of way that we put ourselves out there, it's good to see what works and what what, what's a double down on really? I did actually have a Google Analytics lady called Vicky Jokes come in. She was, we did a podcast, but she came in and did a talk in my membership about conversion tracking. So it was really, really interesting. I'm similar to you. I know my way around Google Analytics, but I'm no expert. And it's one of those where you look at the dashboard and then you just find something like less head frying to do, don't you? Because it's so hard. But I know it's good it's to, I, I do like to kind of geek out a little bit, particularly because I'm. I'm trying to do more on Instagram at the moment and I want to, I want to see something from that. Um, yeah. But no, it's those figures are just um, absolutely mind blowing. So um, we talked about uh, we talked about an easy way to do Pinterest. We talked about analyzing your Pinterest and using the information. That's really, really helpful. And like I say, um, please, if you're listening and you're thinking you want to give Pinterest a try or you want to do a little bit of an analyze the stuff you've been doing already, take Tori's advice and do, you know, do it informally. Don't turn it into a massive sure because then you'll fall out with love with pinterest and that will be that's not what we want to do is it yeah that's great advice and I, and i love how you said you know just work it into your existing routine if you're already yeah. sharing things in other places um whatever if you're using any kind of tool to schedule out your instagram posts or other posts a lot of them have pinterest as part of their services as well. So I Planoly is what I used to plan my Instagram. Well, they have Pinterest now as well. I, I think later does Pinterest scheduling and then Tailwind can schedule Pinterest and Instagram. So you can, you can just add this to your scheduling, your social media scheduling routine. Um, and just, just like you said, you know, it's put a little bit of effort in and, and see what happens. And then use that information to do more of that mm -hmm. so I was going to say what would you what would your advice be to someone who was kind of sitting on the fence thinking oh I think I want to do Pinterest but I'm not sure what would your advice be to them so I would I would say just dive in and just do it I, I think mm -hmm. the best way to figure out any of these services and apps and tools and everything is to just try it yeah. um so just go on start start tapping and clicking on things and see what happens mm -hmm. and and be very observant um about how you use it as a user and then that can kind of help you figure out how you want to use it as a business mm -hmm. uh, so so just get in you know make some some boards put some pins on them and um and start creating your own graphics that that connect to your own content definitely and another thing i would say as with any anything that you do in your business don't feel that you have to be perfect and polished and just if you if you want to get started just get started and you can tidy things up later can't you because although it is visual yes. it's not the end of the world if that your graphics don't look like they've been created by you know somebody who's been a graphic design school for 20 years so just crack on i'd say yeah exactly and and definitely get on canva if you're not already because they just have 
they have so many, probably thousands of templates that already exist that you can go in and change the colors and change the fonts and change the photos to make it your own. Um, but they've already had professional graphic designers make them for you. So <laughs> don't, don't make it harder for yourself. Just, you know, use, use the things that already exist to kind of make it easy. And, um, and, and then that way you can just get started and get started today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also with all, as I, I would always say as well, with any social media platform, don't feel like you have to be doing all of them, but I think it's a good idea to test and just try these things for a few months or for whatever works for you and, and analyze and, and do all of those things to see if it's worthwhile. I think often as business owners, we think, oh my gosh, we need to be doing all these things. And you know, I've got loads, I've got, and you'll be the same. We've got podcasts on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And it can feel like, you know, I don't want people listening to think, oh, oh gosh, we've got to do Pinterest now. And, you know, if it feels right for you um, and you want to give it a go, or certainly if you've been thinking about it and curious about it, then, then yeah, Tori shared loads of brilliant information here. So go and give it a try. And um, so Tori, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you've got loads of brilliant resources yourself. So can you tell people listening where they can find you and find some of the brilliant stuff that you've got to offer? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I love talking about Pinterest and, and pet businesses. So I hope I hope that this that I explained everything well and that everyone learned something. Um, but if you want to learn even more, you can come to my website, which is wearwagrepeat.com, and that's W-E-A-R. Um, and you can find my podcast, my courses. You can look at my blog posts and kind of see what my pins look like. You know, you can definitely find a lot of inspiration there. And then you can find me on Instagram at wearwagrepeat, or my other account is at tmystic. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I have to say, Tori, you've definitely explained it clearly because I am clueless when it comes to Pinterest and I, I feel like I understand it a little bit more now. So you have definitely done that. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. Um, lovely to catch up with you as well. And I hope you have a lovely rest of the day and look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and have a great rest of your day too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.